0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to Sir Maestro Let's Chop It Up podcast. I am your host, Sir Maestro, and we are back here on the RemnantNation.TV network. Uh, You can get your access to Remnant Steel on Roku, Apple TV, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Tidal, and all of your favorite top podcast platforms. Today, we have a very interesting program that we're going to kind of get directly into, I'm not really going to go with the normal format for today because of the crucial uh, timing of this information that's going to be shared with you guys today. Um, I do have some announcements regarding uh, next week, so please do stick tuned through the entire broadcast to see what is going on uh, next week for us here at uh, Let's Chop It Up as we have a lot of changes going on. So, without... Uh, any further delay, we're going to get right into it. We have with us today, coming to the platform, uh, Patrice L. um, And we are going to bring her in right now.
1: Patrice, are you there? I am here. I don't know. Sure. Uh, no problem. So I have been in financial services for a total of about 17 years. Um, my business that I have, my company, the name of it is the Tax Credit Academy. So I started the Tax Credit Academy in 2008 while I was working in the banking industry. Okay. <clears throat> so my main focus of business right now is that I do tax and business strategy. So of course, we Access for individuals, uh, business owners, corporate LLC, self-employed, and then also business consulting. So I do business consulting, business coaching. Uh, we work with clients to get funding. So that's the majority of what you know we what we do right now. Um, but my background, like I said, is account- accounting, banking, and finances is the industry. So I worked in uh, banking for BMO Harris Bank for a total of seven years. So I got a lot of Lending and credit experience in that position. Um, and then once I got let go in 2013, I went on and decided to work my business full time and I've been completely self employed
0: since 2013. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, let me ask you while you were working in the banking industry, um, what are some of the things that helped prepare you for the topics we're going to get into today that People can say, "Hey, you know what? This woman know her stuff." Um, I know you know your stuff. I heard some of your uh, footage, and um, just yeah, let the the people know how does it connect together on why they really need to listen to what you're going to be saying today.
1: Okay, Um, so one I like to say one of my main slogans. I have two main slogans, but one of my main slogans is "Book Smart, Street Smart." Right? Um, So I am book smart and street smart. Born and raised in the hood. I'm I'm from the South Side of Chicago. Um, you know, Territown, Southeast side, <laughs> very well-known neighborhood in Chicago, right? <laughs> so uh, you have to have a strong backbone to be raised, you know, in that area. Okay, so let me just say that. Um, but also I also am the descendant of civil rights leaders. My grandmother, mm-hmm. Viola Louise Duval Stewart, was the first African-American female to fight for equal pay in 1943. And she won her case. Uh, Thurgood Marshall actually picked her case up. They both went to the Supreme Court and she won her case to get equal pay for um, African-American teachers. So we know today, of course, teachers are not paid nowhere near what they should be. But the reason why any teachers, especially black teachers, have any money that they have now is because of her. (laughs) Okay, so one one that's one that's one of the things. Right. Right. And then my grandfather, also Nathaniel Stewart, was a Tuskegee Airman. So I come from civil rights blood, seriously, right? So it was very instilled in me early on to speak up about uh, injustices in my community, when I see things in my community that I don't agree with, um, to speak up about it. And I think one of the things that in this day and age of the world that we live in with social media everyone is just okay with everything being mediocre. Like everybody talks about it online, but nobody does anything. Nobody gets out on the front line. Nobody (laughs) is willing to make a lot of change. So um, I just wanted to definitely throw that part out there. As far as financial services, like I said, I've been in financial and accounting for the last 17 years. The banking industry, I learned a lot about corporate America, right? So that's what I'll say. Because when I first Graduated uh, from college in 2004. I worked for a small Black-owned electrical distribution company. So I pretty much learned how to run an entire office there because the owner, it was just myself and the owner. So I was everything. I was the accountant. I was the receptionist. I was the customer service. I was the shipping. I was packaging. Um, I was every everything, every role in that business, right? So I learned a whole lot in that company in those four years, but also I had outgrown it. Right. So I ended up having a my grandfather worked for banking, worked for Harris Bank and um, was telling me about a position there. So I you know, did my interview, whatever got in. But while I worked there, I worked in the um, sales department. And I was a sales consultant for almost a year in Buffalo Grove. So I got to look at people's bank accounts. What I did every day was I analyzed your bank account. So I I looked at every dollar that you spent. If you went to the casino, if you paid your mortgage, I was looking at it. I was analyzing it, right? Um, And so that's when I got to really learn, like, how this world and system works. Like, you're constantly being watched. You're constantly under, you know, um, review. Right, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Even in your bank account, somebody is at the bank looking at you, how you're spending your money. So a lot of people don't know that, right? Right. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. So I I learned that. Then I learned, okay, the bank flips our money. So when you put, they want me to, you know, have you lock in a five year CD. You have a hundred thousand dollars. They want you to lock that in for five years. Well, the bank is flipping your money, making money all kind of ways every single day. With your hundred thousand and they giving you like point zero zero two cent on you you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. And so when I learned that I stopped letting my clients come in. Like when my clients came in with a hundred thousand dollar check, I would tell them, uh no, you're not about to put that money here, you know, in this um in this five-year CD when you can go meet, talk to um, you know, my friend. Uh, Jake over here at, with a financial services firm and he can put you in an index fund making 8%, you know? And so um, that's what started happening because I, when I, when I was in banking, I was really there for the people. I wasn't there for the bank. I wasn't there to put you in the product that the bank wanted you to go in. I was there to make sure that you were in the right product that was going to be best for you. So I knew, I knew then that I was different um, so that's when I actually started my company. I started Peace Steward & Associates. That's that's what I started my name out as originally. And then I changed it to Tax Credit Academy in 2016. But my um, company was Peace Steward and & Associates. And I started it in 2008, um, like right after I, I, I started working for the bank because I realized, you know, okay, I got something here where I can maybe help people because of the inside knowledge that I have from the bank. So from there, I just started taking every class, every opportunity. Um, I got a chance to do a one-year program to be a credit analyst. So I ended up going into the credit department, and that's where I really, really learned about credit, like on the underwriting side, how the underwriters look at your loans, how they look at um, your mortgage, how they have matrix that they go by, right? So even if you have a 700 credit score, you still can can get denied at a bank because it's certain matrix that they have set up, right? So again, people don't know that. You're thinking, oh, I got a 700. I could go get this money. And then you wonder why the bank said no. So, you know, I learned a lot of inside, like I said, with that with that banking. Um, so even though BMO, uh, you know, as far as their pay, because I, I was only making $40,000 in 2013. So when they let me go my first year out, I made $98,000 in six months. So I got let go. March, 2013, I started, I took a, like a month or two off. Um, and then I really honed in, in my business probably like June. So from June to December, my bank account uh, showed about 98,000 in deposits. So I knew then I could bet on myself and I would never go back and work for a corporate job again. And so I've been completely self-employed since that day.
0: That's right. You know what? Um, on that one, we gotta, uh, give you a little applause on that one. Um, that's a remarkable story um and i believe that it shows how sometimes things in life can happen that we experience professionally or otherwise that prepare us for what's coming in the future um because all that knowledge that you gained over these years and the experiences you have um definitely gives you credence to speak on this topic today and i believe for the listeners out there it will um when you being an entrepreneur will actually read, uh, I'm, I'm, my mind is going blank right now, but it reinforce um your position on things. So, I actually, at a point, I myself dealt in the banking world, and I learned some years ago that CDs and things aren't necessarily your first option as far as really making money off your money, because at the end of the day, the banks do make money off our money. Um, exactly. So... Okay, let's get into it. I'm getting myself situated over here now because this is... See, sir, My Show, Let's Chop It Up, is is a platform where when you have those conversations with your family and your friends, when you might not necessarily be in a structured uh, setting or anything like that, and certain real topics come up, like this whole PPP thing. So um, I want to know basically what's going on because I talked to someone Oh, I talked to someone about a week before I reached out to you. Someone that said, I guess an insider whistleblower or whatever you want to call it. Um, and for that purpose, she didn't want to show her face on the show, but she gave me some information before I even came across your page. And the information was that here in California, uh, affordable housing properties, section, a, um, any type of government assistance situation, if you're getting federal government assistance, they're already reaching out to the property managers and the properties out here asking them basically to play snitch and saying and they're not even asking it. I was told because the email was read to me that they're basically um, they're trying to make it mandatory for them to start looking at who got new cars, who got new this, who got new that since the pandemic been going on and since the rent memoratorium been going on and things like that. Here in California, incarcerations have already started behind the PPP fraud. Um, I know a few people that have gotten their Section 8 vouchers taken recently behind it. So um, it led me to pull up your content and I just kind of want you to kind of break it down because you know way more than I know about it. I just know that little tidbit. So I want you to kind of break it down and at the same time, I'm over here retying us in from our restart, but you are good to go. I
1: don't know if you faded out a little bit. Did you, Was I supposed to start now? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. You, you're good.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. As far as the PPP, you want me to just
0: go over the program itself or about the video? Is that about, about the information you were sharing the video? I mean, I know for the most part, everybody knows about the PP loan and everybody knows whether they legally qualified or not. Everybody knows whether they use, mom and them name, whatever the case may be. However, nobody's really prepared, I feel, and I know nobody really knows the extent they're taking the the the, the response to this. Yes. Um, everybody's thinking that it's just going to be, hey, at the worst, I'm going to have to pay the money back whenever I get it. I mean, not to mention that the average person that gets that money is not going to have it to pay back or they're not going to want it to pay it back. You know how we are in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us can barely get stuff out the pawn shop, let alone pay back a federal uh, a federal loan. Exactly. Um, so, but on top of that, I know from what I was reading this email from someone that for someone that works in the state of California, um, that they're taking it much further, and the email verified everything you were saying in your video. So I just want you to kind of break down what you are going over in your video, so people can really get a real understanding of how serious this is. And I heard a point of your video where there was a, a possibility of if you did do this, where well, you might at least want to try to go do that and try to do something right. Um, but right now, ain't nobody really doing it the right. I know in California. And disclaimer. Ain't nobody here snitching, uh, none of that type of stuff, all 'all. y'all. I've had positive and negative feedback the last few days about going over this topic. However, my response to the negative commentators have always been, I'm always here for my people. I'm always here to bless the people with knowledge. We've all made mistakes in life, some better than others, or some worse than others, some bad decisions. However, this is a critical situation that's going to be messing up families, households, Incomes exactly, this is about to be bad, and the sad thing is, in my humble opinion, we were blind as hell and didn't see it coming. It was a setup from the gate, but because I mean, I mean, since when does America just give away free money like popcorn? But I'm gonna let you deal with it and explain it to the people, and yeah, right? Okay,
1: um, okay, so basically you know, the video that I did that went viral, um, I, I just was tired, you know, I'm in, um, I'm in financial services. Right. And so people like me who really were assisting our clients with getting it, um, you know, most of us were charging, let's just say 10%, right. On the back end, most of us were charging 10% on the back end. So if you work with a, a real professional, right. <laughs> you were if you got a full $20,000 loan you were paying like 2000 1500 to $2000 on the back end right um and so i'm i'm in chicago you're in cali so chicago i i didn't realize how big this thing was until i put that video out on my facebook page right because again most of the people who follow me are business owners right most i've been on facebook for, for almost 10 years doing lives like that. So, uh, so let's just get that clear too. When I put that video out, I put that video out to the people who follow me on Facebook. Majority of the people who follow me are business owners, right? Um, because that was the problem that I was having is when, when they were coming in to do their taxes. I had that question on my intake sheet. And a lot of people didn't want to share that with me, right? They were they were kind of scared to like, oh, and I'm like, cause I was cussing them out, right? Again, I'm I'm book smart, street smart, and I'm down to earth. I'm not a stiffy, you know, like when you walk in the bank and all stiffy. No, I'm I'ma keep it real with you. I'm if I'm gonna do your taxes or I'm gonna work with you as a business client, I may get in your butt a little bit, right? I may curse you out a little bit and then we're gonna fix the issue. But I need you to understand that you need to level up, you know, and that's the problem is unfortunately in community, we don't talk enough about finances. And that is the reason why this happened, right? So um because people were being told um oh it's it's a startup loan. Oh you can do this oh you can do that right and the the, the biggest issue was it's all on sba.gov for free. You could have verified it you, you know what I'm saying? You could have looked the information up. Everybody kept saying, well, oh, I didn't know. And I'm like, no, nah, boo, you got a $900, $1,000 iPhone. You could have easily typed in Google. You get what I'm saying? I don't want to hear that excuse. It's like everybody was given an excuse when today's world, everything on, about it was was online. You could have easily looked it up to see that you had to be in business and whatever, right? So that was the whole reason because people here in Chicago was charging people five to $10,000 to get $20,000. Yeah, That's that's." That's a rip off one. Anybody that paid five, $5,000 and up, you got scammed, period, point blank, period. And and that was the other thing. Half these people was like, oh, well, my friend, uh, that ain't your friend, boo. <laughs> because all of my friends who were in business, I gave them the link for free. Even though I do this, you get what I'm saying? I'm in business. And if you were a business owner and I knew you, I'm like, man, this A five-year-old could do this application. Go on there yourself. I just sent them the link, right? So to me, I'm like, that ain't your friend because no friend is going to charge you five grand to do a five-minute application because it literally was five minutes. Um, So my video was, I wanted people to understand, again, with me being in taxes, um, a lot of people were not aware, of course, because they did not do their own application, majority of these people, right? Even if they were real legitimate business owners, They still didn't do their own application. They let somebody else do the application. So I wanted people to understand the application process and why everything is happening the way it is now. Because, um, one, you had to submit a Schedule C form, okay? A Schedule C form is a legal tax document. Okay, so it is attached to your 1040. Anyone who is self-employed, an independent contractor or a sole proprietor, they file a Schedule C tax form on their tax return. So in order to get this loan, you had to submit a Schedule C or a drafted Schedule C. Now, people were saying on my um video, oh, drafted, it doesn't, drafted, it doesn't have to be filed. No, that does not mean that. Drafted just meant you had not filed the tax return at that point, but you still are agreeing to it. You get what I'm saying? It's still much pretty much saying, I'm going to file. I'm drafting this Schedule C, which means I'm going to file it, right? Because it's still elite, it's still based off of that Schedule C form. That's how you got the loan based off of that form. So whether you submitted a real Schedule C or a drafted one, it's still a tax document. So I need people to understand that. Um, So this is the other thing. If you were on low income or section eight, right? You're telling the government, you can't afford to pay your rent. But now in order for you to get that $20,000, they had to put on your schedule C form that you made $100,000 in your business. (laughs) So, you're telling the government you can't afford your rent. So they're paying it. But now you just went and got $20,000 from the government, from the same government that you're telling you can't afford to pay your rent, just a different government department. And that's what they didn't understand either. Um, People think because, oh, you've been telling, you know, a lot of these women been getting childcare, all kind of stuff, right? And some of these women make more than what they're supposed to be making. And they think, oh, just because they haven't got caught that the government's don't talk now, baby. The government's been talking; they've been talking for years. They know that you make uh, seventy five thousand and you still getting childcare, and you lying saying you didn't get this and you didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? It's just so many people that you're not gonna always get caught up right away, but eventually the ship falls, <laughs> and that's that's exactly what this PPP thing uh, was. Because, and and I'm also say this: the other reason why I got on there is because. Um, I was telling parents to tell their kids to shut the hell up pretty much Mm -hmm. because our race is the only race that is on the Internet posting, scheming and scamming. All you saw was last year was 10K scam, 10K. I went viral last year about the EIDL 10K thing because I got on cussing and fussing about that. Right. Because I'm like. No other race. You don't see no Hispanics. You don't see no Asians. You don't see no uh, um, Indians. You don't see no white man. You don't see no other race posting, scheming and scamming all on Facebook, all on Instagram. So then now you're wondering why y'all getting looked at, why your applications are being looked at more with this PPP, because your kids was all over the Internet and don't know how to shut the hell up. We're the only race that don't know how to move in silence. Mm-hmm. everybody every race was doing fraud that and that was the reason of my video too because some people were like oh you agreeing to the fraud? i'm not agreeing to nothing but it's not i'm not the moral police either to decide who should be doing this and who should be doing that america been ripping us off for years we all know we owe we are owed our 40 acres and a mule so however them kids got it whatever that's that's not on me but i wanted people to understand how They got that money. You get what I mean? Because so many people didn't. They just got the money, but they didn't know how they got it. And that was how they got it. They had to tell the government that you made one hundred thousand dollars in your business to get twenty thousand. Now, the maximum was 20. So some if you it's pretty much every twenty five thousand was five thousand. If you put that, you made twenty five thousand, you got approved for five thousand. If you put that, you made fifty thousand, you got approved for ten. If you, you know what I'm saying? And so forth. If you put that, you made 75,000, you got 15,000. So some people got five, some people got 10, some people got 12, some people got seven, but a lot of people did the maximum, which is the $20,588. That was the maximum that you could get as a sole proprietor, self-employed or independent contractor. Now, the other thing is if people got the loan before February 15th, what the problem is, is the biggest problem with, with the PPP and why I didn't apply or why I didn't um, suggest any of my business clients applied last year for the PPP was because you had to, when you did that 100000 you had to claim that as net. So as you know, like you said, you in banking, you got gross income and then after your expenses, you got net income. So anyone who applied before February 15th, you, on your loan, had to say that you had a net income of $100,000. You, so, on a Schedule C form, you're paying about an average of 36%. So, if you got hundred grand, the IRS is looking for 36000 in taxes. So, that's another reason why everybody getting audited this year, why tax season is so slow, why a lot of people are still waiting on their tax payments, because Everybody that applied for that loan last year, the IRS is like, where our money at? Where our 36% at? So they're auditing the tax returns because they want to see, did you file the Schedule C on your taxes? Which many people didn't. So again, you told the government you had a Schedule C or you drafted a Schedule C and then you filed your taxes this year and you didn't have a Schedule C form on there at all. So I did make a statement saying, you know, that if you didn't, that you should think about amending it, that you should amend it, right? Again, that was a, just a broad statement. That was not me telling people to go and immediately amend their tax returns. Um, you know, I was really, again, talking to my real legitimate business owners because a lot of people are still legitimate business owners and they just didn't file the paperwork, right? So that's who I was talking to in, in, in that instance, right? But that's the, That's that's the biggest thing, is that $100,000. And so now a lot of people in housing are being audited as well because the IRS sent letters to housing, right? Um, And the IRS also sent letters to the lenders because they wanted to see and verify these different loan applications, and that's the that's the biggest thing. Is a lot of people were not aw- aware of that because you didn't do your own paperwork. You were listening to the scammer who wanted his five thousand and just told you, yeah, come do this. Put this in your mama name, your grandma mama, auntie name, and now all of you who are on low income or Section Eight, you're under the radar. And you're right because even here in Illinois, I did a um a uh, a webinar with a friend of mine who is a HUD, uh, she's a HUD manager. So she's the manager of an office. Actually, I posted a uh, the, the, the letters that Chicago or Cook County is receiving. And the young lady's name that's on the letter works for her, works for the works for my friend. So I verified that letter with my friend to make sure that that was a valid letter from HUD. Um, and it is. So they are sending letters. They're asking them for proof. They're asking them about the business. They're asking them for their bank statements they're asking for a lot of information and they and they want all of it. So you can't send one out of the other. If they're asking for five documents, they want all five documents. And like you said, a lot of these people are not going to have that.
0: Excuse me. I want to inject interject real quick here because I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking well okay. They basically what it sounds like is Okay, so let me take a step back here. So, coming from where I come from, I grew up in Watts, um, which is in Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm not gonna make it seem like I had the most craziest uh, background, but it wasn't always all uh, peaches and cream either. So, of course, I've made my decisions, and I've gone and made my decisions in life. Sometimes taking risk here and there. The old me, y'all, take it a uh, risk here and there with the thought that hey. You know what, America. This America, that whatever the case may be. So I got to get mine. I got to get that bag. It is what it is. However, one thing I've always tried to do is, God forbid, if I do have to take a chance or if I do have to say, you know what, I got to get mine. this, that time, whatever, to be smart about what I'm doing. Um, I don't see so far. I don't really see any benefit. Um because the type of time they're giving out for this right now on top of the fact that they're taking people's housing and stuff on top of the fact that they want their money back. Something that I think people are not thinking about is it's federal because it's through the SBA and they're, they're back that the loans are, uh, the loans are bank backed, but it's through the SBA. Feds are coming and repossess your stuff, whatever you bought with that money. Um, I know, I know about two or three people so far that have had the majority of stuff that they purchased with their PPP repossessed, and they're incarcerated right now for some serious time. So my question is, well, I'm not even sure if it's a question because I guess I'm just perplexed right now because I thought that the whole point is if you are going to take a risk unless you have no choice for it to be worth it. And I guess I'm trying to find out where would it be worth it for somebody not to do it the right way and just to say, hey, I'm going to take that risk. I ain't tripping off no Schedule C, don't even know what that is. Because I know if you're not low income, they're still going to catch you because you got to file taxes next year. And if you don't know what was filed this time to get you that money, how are you going to know to do what's right next year to keep it up? So... Um right, it's, yeah, that's, so, that's it, right? Yeah. so it's it's sounding like the question is is it really worth it is no. the risk worth it um <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> i mean you know obviously we know like okay it doesn't add up you know i know i did a, a live a couple of days ago and uh i made a comment about uh, about the uh broadcast with the PPP crackdown and the guy says, well, you know, you know what it is. We take our chances. We do what we do. And I said, my brother, I've taken many chances in life. Some I'm not proud of, none of which I will talk on on this platform where social media police can use against you. However, have I taken risks and chances in my life? Yes. Have I done things in my life in my past that wasn't technically the right or legit thing to do? Of course. Um, But I was always taught that you're supposed to be smart with the risk you take. And it sounds like what you're saying is a person taking this risk is like a person going in a bank, robbing the bank with no face mask, and then standing there and waiting for the police to eventually arrive. They might not come right away. They might get caught in traffic. Uh, You know, they might have to make a detour on the way. But at the end of the day, you still standing there waiting like an idiot. And they own a way in route and they they know exactly who you are because they got not just your picture. In this case, they got your social security number, the most important numbers that will ever apply to you in life.
1: Yes. Come on here. So
0: I don't, I, I mean, I was listening to your video and I'm like, man, I'm like, okay. I knew again, I knew you was legit, even though. Uh, what you just said right now about your friend with the HUD letter—that right there confirms the person I talked to out here in California. She read me a direct email from the uh, from, an, from the California Home Association out here, and this email has directed all the uh, property managers of affordable of affordable property housing to start snitching on people. The person contacted me, which made me lead you up. Um, excuse me, that made me uh, look you up because she contacted me nervous because she said, well, this puts me in my safety at harm's way because when people business start popping up, the question, you know, what? well, how you find out I had a new car? How y'all find out I bought this and I bought that? So what's going to come out, <laughs> you know, that property manager snitched you out and not be, by choice, they're being required to right now. Who in the specific specific questions in this email were, who who got a new car during the pandemic? Uh, Who got new jewelry? Who seemed like they got new clothes? Who seemed like they've been going on trips? I mean, they're getting in your business.
1: Oh, my God. They're
0: getting in your business. And it's been made mandatory. The person, I delayed this program because I was actually going to have her on here with us. And I delayed it a week because initially because she's scared number one her job she don't want to lose her job for sharing that information with me so i will not say her name at all yeah um, I, i'm a
1: good person out of
0: it too yeah yeah you know so and then definitely want her to be safe but this is real right now um even us business owners we know I mean, come on, you know how business goes sometimes, you know, don't put that in your name, put that in your business name, kind of give yourself a winning chance, um, buy yourself some time, figure it out. But the average person went out here, they bought all these Hellcats. That's another thing. Um, the spike in Hellcat purchases, I know in California, I know got the attention alone. Wow. But it's okay because in a couple months y'all, I'ma be just like our brown brothers out there. I'ma be at the local auction buying y'all Hellcats for under ten thousand, and just open, okay. it, open me up a little used car lot or something. Let me tell you my plan right now. Sir, my show's opening a used car lot soon as this hit the fan. For real, for real. Um, I mean, even if you're gonna take this chance, just like back in the day, you know, some of us sold a little this, some of us sold a little that, and the idea was always to take some of that money. And put it in a situation that if all goes bad, you're going to be good. the average person that got these PPP loans, not just once, but twice. As if they didn't know.
1: As if they didn't know. Round one and round two. They,
0: they barely got 500 of it left. The average person. um, And you're doing this. What this was makes it so crazy. This is happening while the rent moratorium is going and being extended. You're not paying a lick of that rent. You're only required to pay 25% overall. Folks still ain't taking in that money doing that. Not getting you no land. Not just buy a house, but buy some land and build that house it, or buy some land with the house. Um, And at the same time, this is going down, they're already investigating the EDD scams. Now, here's my thing on it. I know we all make our decisions. And it's a, sometimes it's risky. But what I do take issue with, and for anybody out there listening on our podcast, um, I take serious issue with this part. And that is there's a lot of people out there that did not receive their money and did not even know this stuff was filed in their name and social. I know a few people who have had to report the fact that uh, somebody, when and got did a PPP in their name, had their information, used their information. A lot of this stuff happened. It was information reuse. A lot of these people had your information already from the EDD situation when people was having everybody, you know, yeah. do their EDD. Yeah. So, yeah. and there are people out here right now trying to clear their name, fighting cases. Um, I read, what, two weeks ago, somebody just got 12 years in the feds behind us. And if you go online, there's just case after case. And then the worst part about it, I did the research for myself. I can't verify. You can go on multiple websites right now. And you can find out exactly what a person got. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Publicly. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um. But uh, what would you recommend for people right now? Like, just I mean, outside of really think this through if this is something you want to play with, but anything people can do that's already in this situation that don't want to admit it. You know, maybe, you know, they let their nephew or whoever, their cousin do it for their little come up. You know, what can they do? Because right now we're about to fulfill a great agenda for the American, uh, for America, for the for the government. And that yeah. is we're giving ourselves up to be incarcerated. We're yeah. giving ourselves up to not need. I mean, if, if the majority of the people, because a lot of people did this and didn't have businesses, didn't know nothing about no Schedule C's, no nothing like that. Um, so there's going to be no need for section eight and things like that. Well, they've been trying to cut these programs out y'all for years, but people have needed them. Well, if you got everybody locked up and everybody's stuff revoked, you really don't need them, uh, them, uh, funds that are coming from the federal government for those programs going to that uh, direction anymore. So I don't know what's some advice you would give people right now. Um, cause um, I know it's deep. Okay. The mud is
1: deep. Yeah, yeah. The mud is deep. I mean, and and, and so uh, and because and you you brought that up too, so I wanted to bring that up as far as like with the property and things like that, because that was also a statement that was made um, on my video when I said, um, "Y'all tripping, G, <laughs> right. for being out here buying Gucci and gold and got you know, um, you know, um, those net labels um, around the corner, right?" So, this is the thing. Also, because again, I'm a business consultant. So, when I'm talking, I'm talking from a business mindset and perspective, right? So, what people, sh- what these people should be doing, and one of the ways that they're getting caught is because they're using the bank account with the funds being deposited in it and just using those direct funds to buy cars, clothes, rims, and jewelry, which is illegal. When you are getting government funds, you cannot spend the money on that. On the PPP, it clearly says you have to pay yourself over 60% of the funds have to be used for payroll. So all they had to do was pay themselves. If you got the money, Mm -hmm. all you had to do was pay yourself. You have have eight weeks or 24 weeks to use the funds, right? That's Mm -hmm. your... Your um your 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 loan pay your loan period to be able to use the funds either you chose eight weeks or you chose twenty four weeks when you get the application right. So all you had to do was pay yourself as an entrepreneur. You could have paid yourself over the eight weeks. Some people paid themselves a lump sum. Some people paid themselves over a couple of weeks. But this is the difference. Once you paid yourself, and the money is in a separate account. Then you can do whatever you want to do with the funds, you get know what i'm saying if But if you're utilizing the business account or your personal account that you had the money dropped in and then you're just running through the money, running amok, yeah, that's illegal that's that, that's exactly what you did you 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 misused government funds but if you would have paid yourself like you were supposed to. And then you added up, you know, whatever. Say you got, you paid yourself the $12,000, because that would have been out of $20,588, you would have had to at least pay yourself $12,000 to use 60%. Once that $12,000 was in your personal account or a separate account you know, from, you know, whatever you're using as the bank deposit account, then you could have done, then you could have bought your Hellcat. Then you could have invested in rental property. Then you could have did that. Because once you've paid yourself, just like if you are a W2 wage earner once your job pays you they can't tell you what to do with the money so it's the same way in business i'm a business tax credit academy but once i pay myself payroll i don't i don't owe tax credit academy no no explanation you get what i'm saying right so again that's what showed me who was real legitimate business owners and who weren't because anyone who made that statement of course i'm not saying by um property with government funds that I shouldn't have had to explain all of that. That let me know who was real business owners, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's what I was saying because if you think wisely and if you were a real legitimate business owner, all you had to do was pay yourself and then you could have used the money for how, however you want. So that's the reason why a lot of these people are getting caught up is because they wasn't smart enough to just pay themselves. They wanted, they just used the government funds thinking that it's sweet and we also need to say this. A lot of people do think it's sweet, but that's what I said in my video. Anything over 9,000 and from working in banking. Again, this is why I have a 7-year banking history background. From working in banking, anything over $9,999.99, we have to fill out a federal report of that deposit. So, if as long as it's at as long as it stay at that 9,999, we cool. The moment you hit that penny, and it goes to ten thousand, we have to report that to the federal government. So anyone who got that bank deposit and it's twelve, it's ten, it's ten oh five, it's twenty thousand, damn, sir, that's federal. Right. So everybody will keep saying, "Oh, you only did twenty, you ain't going to jail now, boo," because and this is the other thing too that I I don't know if I said this in the second video. I don't think I said it in that video, but this is the other thing. What people don't understand is everybody kept saying, oh, um, that's little money. They're not coming after these little fish. Let me, like you said, we just had a pandemic. A lot of these jails had to let a lot of people go and they need to fill their quota back up because all of these jails are privatized institutions, right? So if you were the government or you were these different organizations and you needed a quick way to round up some people, What's the easiest way to get some people to lock them up? Is the little people, right? That's right. It's because you're an easy target. I could easily go and get 100 of you who did the, the 20,000 if I want to fill up a jail. You get what I'm saying? A Versus easy, me trying to look for
0: An easy target that's going to be stuck with probably just a public pretender, which means you're going to get railroaded anyway, but I'm sorry. Continue.
1: No, Thank you. No. For <laughs> that's, that, that's that's extra clarity. Thank <laughs> you. Because right, if you get pulled that and that's someone tagged me uh, in, a, in a young lady's post on TikTok, like three people tagged me on her post. And this young lady is saying she's in a small town. She only got 15,000, but she's literally on the video pretty much kind of admitting. And I just private messaged her and I told her, you need to take that video down, right? <laughs> you need to remove that off of the freaking internet. Um, for one, because if you're on here asking regular folk what you should do, you need a lawyer, baby. So she said that for the, um, she's in a small town, the sheriff came to her house with three federal agents and they sat at her kitchen table.
0: What? Yeah.
1: Yes. So I said, OK, well, you didn't go to jail immediately. So obviously they don't have that much on you. Right. So. But then she got on here and and made the video. So that's why I was like, you you done just pretty much told on yourself. (laughs) But at the end of the day, that is a whole prime example. And that's what she was saying. All of us thought because we were in these little small towns that they weren't going to mess with us. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you're an easy target. Because like she said, the sheriff, well, like I I said uh, in the post, baby, the sheriff don't got nothing to do in that town. So he can easily go around to all y'all houses and take the federal agents right to where you are. You know what I mean? And that's what she said. They laid all the paperwork out. She said they they had her sister's salon information. They had her tax information. They had something else, but she said they laid all the paperwork out in front of her. And I and and my thing was, um, well, you weren't arrested, so they need some information from you. You get what I'm saying? So either, either they wanted you to, t- to tell who did the application, because that's the other thing. They could see IP addresses. They could see if 100 applications was entered in off this one IP address off this one computer. So that's another thing that people who didn't do their own application, um, I kind of say that's one benefit to them is you didn't do the application itself you did, you know what I'm saying? But it's still in your name. And if the money went to your bank account, then you're going to be included in in it. But I would say that's one of the good things is you didn't do the application. Because if somebody was telling you, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then they put something else on there, you know, they will have to see what the government or what the federals are going to say with that liability. But if you got the money and you spent it, you know, it's like, well, you know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's still going to be like, well, you maybe didn't do the application, but you still took the money, and you spent the money.
0: Right, so right,
1: you, right. And that's the thing. So it's people like, oh, well, I didn't know. Well, you really can't say you didn't know because you you took the money, and then you spent it however you wanted. You didn't even, and that's what I was saying in the video, half of you got this money, lied saying you got this business. Then, like you said, everybody did something back in the day, even me. We like we none of us is squeaky clean. We all did something. But like you said, we wasn't stupid with it.
0: Right.
1: Like if we if we did do something, it the goal was to always make a move to make you some more money. Or like you say, start your business so that you can do what you need to do for your family and provide and have money the legit and legal way. We didn't we wasn't stupid. Like me and my crew, we never went to no damn Gucci and Gold and bought no dumb bags and made um all these trips. You know what I'm saying? You don't do that. Like if, if, when you do bust a move, as we call it, you got a you got, you have a plan for it. You have a real solid plan for it. And that's the only thing that I would say will save some people is like, if you was a hairstylist and you got proof, you've been doing hair for 10 years, then you cool. Right. Because you got proof that you had this business before January 2020. You get what I'm saying? You got right. Facebook posts, you got pictures, or you want a salon, and a barber, then you cool, because you really did have a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. But for the but for the mother folk, yeah, it, it is gonna be what it is. But that's what I was saying in my video for the people who, like, were hairstylists or barbers. You maybe weren't on paper, but I was saying, like, if you want to set your LLC up, come on, holler at me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's that's what I was talking about. Like those people who really are in business, but maybe you don't have no formal paperwork, you know, to show it up or, or, or put it on paper. Because it is kind of better to be on paper than just be a regular sole proprietor. You're you're looked at, um, you're looked at a lot more professional. Professional bank, banks, you know, lenders yeah. take you more seriously when you have an actual corporation or LLC, a EIN number, a business bank account. You know, when you actually running yourself like a real business. And that's the other thing I was saying. A lot of people f- learn that they hustlers. A, a lot of people want to be a business. You're not a business. Most most of you all are not businesses because you hustling. Right. It's a difference. It's a difference. There's a,
0: there's a huge difference. Um, there's a huge difference between having a legit business and being a hustler and so also in the list that you just uh named i have to add on there having a some type of web presence um i've seen in my own experiences here in california uh that you know lenders banks etc on that paperwork they asking for that web pre- uh, the web presence information right so that as well um yeah, a lot of people just not prepared. Um, I'm, I'm taking all this information in that you're sharing right now, but I know a lot of people are not prepared for what they're hearing right now with all these little things. Um, I would ask you now, let's say you have somebody that, you know, they didn't do the PPP loan before that date in February, but they chose for whatever reason late in the game to still go try to mess with it. What would you say to that person?
1: I mean technically the same things, you know, apply. Same apply. But the, right. But the benefit, the benefit of applying for of, of applying after they made the changes. And the changes didn't really go into effect to like middle of March. So I'll say if you got funded after February 15th, but definitely after like March, like March 10th or 12th. Um, because it took the banks a couple of weeks to update the record. So um, Biden and them changed the rule February fifteenth, right? Where, um, because anyone who last year applied, like I said, you had to show a net income of one hundred thousand dollars. So a lot of business owners rallied together and did a petition against the SBA, and and pretty much said that that was um discrimination. Because a lot of small pops and uh, small pop small mom and pop shops and, b- and small businesses, um, unfortunately, they do claim a loss. You know, when they are in business, depending on when they started in business, sometimes it takes your business five six years to show an actual profit, right? right. Or more. Um, and so then they so what they did was they changed the rules in February, saying, okay. Now, the, if you apply, we will accept a negative Schedule C return or we will accept a, um, you know, you pretty much writing off majority of your income. So that's the best that I could say kind of legally on here is the benefit of you applying after that, after that law, went, um, those changes went into effect was you didn't have to claim a net income of 100000 you, have to, you, have to claim, you still had to claim gross of 100,000, but then you could have wrote it off pretty much. You could have wrote it down to zero. You could have wrote it down to 5,000, 10,000, whatever, but you didn't have to claim a net income of 100,000. And that's a huge, huge difference from anyone who applied before February 15th. You know, even when I gave that example of the young lady who did the fraudulent loan and she got like two hundred some thousand dollars because they put two million dollars on her application. Well, she didn't realize, too, that that was two million dollars net income. You get what I'm saying? Because she applied last year. So it's like, ma'am, you got two hundred and sixty seven thousand and you on here complaining about losing your Section 8. Your mindset is whack as hell because you should have been able to buy 10 buildings. With that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You shouldn't have been worried about no Section Eight after you got that kind of money. Okay. Like you should have had a real plan, action plan in place. And and as we see, you know, and, and she's under federal investigation. You know, and, and and in her case, she's definitely going down because um, the money, the dollar amount, mm-hmm. the dollar amount, the
0: dollar amount. Yeah, they not they not gonna take that on the chin.
1: Yeah. And that was her thing. She came, you know, and we in a private group and she was trying to get on there and tell other people like, y'all, y'all don't do this. It's real. And I'm like, you knew it was real, boo, when you didn't have no freaking business and you took two hundred and sixty seven thousand. Like, how are you okay with that? And then you on section eight. That don't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense.
0: I've been saying the whole time that heads are about to roll. They, well they're already starting to roll
1: yeah they're rolling <laughs>
0: like, like seriously they already rolling it's not just chicago it's not just california um and we blessing y'all with this information right now because we love our people and we all have been there before in certain situations other situations we ain't did we ain't did this one you know, um, but we love our people. We want everybody to have a clarity on why you should not do this if you can avoid it, and what's coming down the pipe. Um, I'm thinking about the single moms.
1: Yep, that was I'm, my doing that video for real.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the single moms who single moms single single family household. You go down, your child got two options, the system, unless the family take them in, and you don't even know if it's a family member that's only taking them in for the check that they're going to get for taking them in. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that really is really the reason what uh, led me to want uh, to do this show. Thinking about those single moms and thinking about the people also that I've been hearing out here that, yeah, there's a PPP, uh, PPP loan in their name, but they have not seen the Don, and they didn't even know that the application was put in. Like people who did not legitimately know, just like all the people that uh, have been complaining that people went and got EDD in their name, but they never actually filed for the EDD themselves, and people are having to really clear this stuff up. Um, but something you said a second ago that I want you to let the people know, you mentioned about you doing LLCs and things like that. Um, myself, when I've done my LLCs in the past, you know, I've went with a competitor, LegalZoom, um, I'm on, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the live with you today, and you said you do, uh, LLCs, so I kind of want you to let the people know, you know, maybe you want to throw out a price into them for doing an LLC, how can they reach you, um, because they might want to get something done and get going the right way.
1: Right, so... Um my booking site is my company name, which is um, Tax Cred Academy, so T-A-X-C-R-E-D, and then academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y dot me. Um, so that's my main booking link. And then, uh, of course, I have my office phone number, which is 773 253 8668. Um, and then they can call and speak with, um, they'll probably speak to my assistant cause she answers the phones <laughs> and if they have questions, but, but on my booking site, um, I have an entrepreneur started package. That's what it's called pretty much. And on there, um, you know, we'll, we're able to get you assisted. That package usually works for most States. Um, we do like to kind of just verify what state that you have, Um, and then it it might be an additional fees, but most of the time, uh, uh, the fees are, you know, are all included in that one package and we set up your EIM, we set up your LLC or your corporation, uh, we'll get you your articles of organization or your articles of corporation. Uh, we do your trademark search and then we also make sure that we verify your name search with your local city and state as well. Um, but it's nothing, I, I also tell people too, it's nothing wrong with doing certain things, but the other part is when you're setting up businesses, you really want to understand the tax liability. I think a lot of people are so focused with putting it on paper, you know, because people always say, well, you can set up your own LLC, you can set up, your own, yeah, you can set up your own LLC. But the other thing is, or the or the reason why you do certain things is you, um you, um you're, you're in business because for me, right, I'm in business because I want to take advantage of the legal tax laws and loopholes that are set in this country. I want to not pay taxes like Jeff Bezos, like, um, you know, like T- Donald Trump. I, so my focus was I honed in on business. You know, what? when I first started my company, I was focused on individual taxes because I was comparing myself to like an H&R Block and a Jackson Hewitt. But then as I learned the game, I worked in an accounting office with a um, with a professional that I met from my bank, actually, one of my clients. He had his own accounting office. And I learned in his office, working in his office when I left the bank, that businesses are, you know, that's what he focused on, was business owners, business owners, um, business taxes. And so as I started learning that, I started honing in more on the business tax laws, right, and reading the tax laws, you would think it's illegal, some of the stuff that we could write off as businesses, but it's completely legal. And that's what I learned in the United States of America. The United States of America is a corporation. And that's what this country and, and, and people who look like us need to understand that this country is not fair. It will never be fair. So you either gonna get in line or you gonna get in tune or you gonna get like them. I'm not getting in line. I ain't getting in tune to work for nobody corporation. But I'm going to be, like I'm going to learn the rules that what they doing, you, you get what I'm saying? Right. So instead of me complaining about the wealthy not being taxed, all right, let me learn how the wealthy not, ta- not paying taxes. So that's what I focused on. I focused on learning and reading business tax laws and loopholes. So that's what I try to educate more of our people on. It, your LLC, you could definitely set that up on your own. The benefit of talking to me or doing a business strategy session with me is the tax benefit. That's what I tell people. I'm not in it to set your LLC up. That's that's the easiest part of the business. Mm-hmm. We need to focus and understand one, how you how your business is gonna make money, and then how you're gonna keep the money once you start making it. That's what it's about. So um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do LLCs, but my focus ain't to just file, you know, LLC. I wanna know what what your goal is, what you know what what's your money goal. Because a lot of people too don't understand. When you're an LLC, especially if you're a single member LLC and you're the only member, you're you the same um, as a sole proprietor. You're still filing on a Schedule C form. So what's the point of being an LLC if I'm going to still file like a sole proprietor? You might as well stay a sole proprietor. Right. So until you're ready to, let, you know, to get that tax benefit where you could possibly be an escort because you pay less taxes as an escort, but you also have to pay yourself. So like most of my clients, I tell them, if you're not making $40,000 or more in your business, you might as well stay a sole proprietor unless you just want that separation of an LLC because you don't want to put your social security number, you know, on on documents and stuff like that. That's the benefit of of the LLC if you want to just separate yourself from the business. But tax-wise, most single-member LLCs, there's no tax benefit to that for you. You're still paying 36% on the Schedule C form. So again, you know, we we got to be educated. We got to, ha, having these conversations allows people to think. And then again, like I say, it allows people to understand where they at. Because once you tell somebody that, sometimes they're like, oh, well, I don't want to deal with that. Okay, well, you hustling. You're not a business on them. Right. Just And understand that. You know what I'm saying? That you in hustle, that you're in hustle mode. But you're not a business until you actually start thinking and running your, your business like a business like you know like legitimate business owners do
0: I noticed something else that you mentioned in uh, one of your videos that uh, really caught my attention that I think people really don't think about and that's this whole the chime accounts Um. oh yeah, yeah you mentioned you said <laughs> I think you said you say if you're a legitimate business owner your business account is gonna be an actual business account. And how they wasn't even uh accepting chime and a couple of these other uh accounts anymore.
1: I'm sorry, can you repeat the last part?
0: Um, you're saying how like chime and stuff like that, they wasn't even accepting those accounts anymore.
1: Correct. Um so again, <laughs> you know, uh, we we need to understand how real business owners work. Um, you know, most, most of us legal, legitimate business owners, we don't accept, we don't use Chime, you know, and that's what I was saying in the video. We have real bank accounts, Chase, Bank of America, PNC, Wells Fargo, right? Um, but a lot of people who do fraud do. You know, or a lot of people who are who names are messed up. If you owe the bank, or you in check systems, or you in um, uh, early warning systems, then you can't get a regular bank account. So you may be doing business on Chime. But so many people um, who who submitted Chime applications, the governments were having problems with that. So yeah, after a while, they stopped accepting Chime accounts for those applications. Um, an, another thing of that is with chime accounts, it's very easy to shut the account down. So again, uh, when, when lenders are lending you money, they want to be able to have a a real checking account, a real uh, account where they could draw their payment from. Right. Um, and so chime is almost, is almost looked at it. They'll let you open up a checking account, but in the banking industry, it's still kind of looked at like a prepaid kind of card service. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So and that's why they stopped accepting a lot of those because that they're not a real bank account, not for business.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I hear you. So that's a lot of information. Um, it seems like it seems to me that for those who did do it that aren't legit business owners, they may want to contact you as soon as possible and get some clarity.
1: No, 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 <laughs> I want to be real clear. I'm not working with nobody who's not a real legitimate business owner. Don't waste my time calling my office. I have all kind of free content online. Watch that PPP video. I We just went over stuff here, but I'm not in the business to be helping and assisting people who are not real legitimate business owners. Again, right. I put that information out there because so many people who look like me got in this, but your mindset alone of, of how you got into this, I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not on that. I'm yeah. Been that done that. So that, yeah, let, let's, let's be clear. I'm not, <laughs> do not contact my office. If you are not a real legitimate business owner, you cannot show proof or paperwork. If you let Pookie and them do your application, you're going to have to just figure it out, baby. Or or listen, watch the video. But yeah, I, I need to be clear and clear on that. Cause I'm not putting my name, my company, my business. I'm not attaching nothing to nobody. A lot of these people are calling my office and I'm turning them away. I, I, I built my company. I built my uh, company from the ground, from blood. And I'm not allowing no person who who want to play games to to uh, interfere with my name. No, That's right. I'm registered with the IRS. I'm an e-file agent. I said enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, you um um, y'all hear her? you need to be trying to be legit or be legit. You want to start a business legitly. You ain't doing no fraud or nothing. This is the person you need to go ahead and do your business with. But if you own on that nonsense, hey, I'll Either tell you uh firsthand, she has plenty of content on YouTube. Uh Patrice L. Stewart. Um, it pops up plenty of information. So um whether it's this program or the ample information she has on her platform, uh, trust and believe you'll get all the info you need, but i feel you because I would have said the same thing to be clear. Um, actually, one of your videos, I've seen somebody make a comment, um, which reinforces the reason why I'm glad you just said what you just said. Um, because sometimes people can hear a person just giving general information, You know, like you said to legit business owners uh, and things like that, they usually listen to your content. And people hear it and think, oh, you're just trying to help out those that's trying to this and that and all that. So I am glad that you made that clarity. So we're about to go ahead and prepare to wrap this up. I do thank you for being here today. Um, I know we had a little issues get going this morning. Um, and I'm actually going to tell you something before I end the Zoom, uh, the Zoom part of this with you. But I'm about to go ahead real quick and segue to a segment real here that we do towards the end, and this is my Mister Sir Spin a Wheel. Um, and usually, if I have a guest, I'll spin the wheel, and whatever the uh, whatever the wheel lands on, we send the guest that free of charge from the uh, Remnant TV merch uh, section. So, trying to see. actually i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is we we did that so i'm just gonna actually send you an email with the um i'm gonna send you an email with the options on there just have you uh pick an option and that's you know another thank you gift for coming on the platform this morning um we are gonna reload the video part of this um broadcast for you guys immediately as it uh as it's over and it's going to premiere. I got a bunch of text over here. That's why I kept looking at my phone. I have a bunch of text over here with you guys trying to get the live link. Um, trying to get the live link clarified. And I know we. I did a restart this morning. So I'm about to re-air it in a couple seconds. as a live premiere so you can guys get in on it with no problems. And it will be available on demand after that uh, in full on RemnantNation.tv and video. You'll be able to access that also from your Roku and Apple TVs. And if you just want the audio only, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, you name it, you'll be able to pop it up. So again, we want to thank Patrice L. Stewart for coming on. We (laughs) will give uh, a couple applause again. Very educated sister that gave us a lot of direct information and a lot of need-to-know information um, that I know a lot of us didn't know out here. So, um... We thank you again directly. Um, and for everybody else, please make sure you tune in next Thursday. Um, next Thursday, we have a special broadcast. As you guys know, out here in California, we're preparing for our governor recall election, which is scheduled now officially for September 14th, uh, September 14th, uh, 2021, uh, as we're having our recall election. And actually one of the candidates, that is running for governor will be joining us next week for a virtual town hall. I have a whole different setup I'm about to be working on between now and next Thursday. So please join us. You guys will enjoy it. It will be available via video and audio. And again, this is an official town hall with an official candidate running for a California governor. You can look her up. Her name is Carla Canada. You can pull her up on Google. Google and online if you live in california if you go to school in california if you're a non-resident but you visit frequently you do not want to miss uh this first of many town halls leading up to september 14th she's the first official candidate we're going to have on the platform and we're also already reaching out to others that may want to come on the platform and give their take on some things and you guys will be available or you guys will be um excuse me, not available, you guys will have the opportunity to ask questions directly. I'm going to open the platform up. You'll be able to ask directions correctly, and you'll also be able to use a call-in number as well for my audio podcast listeners out there, whether you uh, you listen on Podbean, iHeart, whatever, you'll be able to call in directly as well and uh, ask a couple of questions. So, again, it's always a pleasure coming to you guys here at Sir My Show. Let's Chop It Up on the RemnantNation.tv network. Um, there's a lot of things that work right now. We have the reality series coming with someone next month, finally. Um, we're going to start filming that in two weeks when they get in town. It's um, a lot of stuff coming for the platform, so I want you guys to really stay tuned this month. It's very crucial. July is a crucial month for us as we have a lot of changes coming. So, again, you want to say thank you to our guest, Patrice L. Stewart. It was a pleasure. and. Until next week, I want you guys to stay on top of it, get your dollars, but definitely be smart about it in a minute.